Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 35 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much for listening during the week and for all your support and your sharing your sharing the uh, posts we put up on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all those things like that. Uh, a big thanks again to um, Michaela Fox for, for last week's episode. It was great chatting to her about photography. And ver- like I said in last, last night's uh, live Facebook thing that it was interesting for somebody like me to hear a photographer say that anybody can do it and it just, you know, it'll takes a little bit of practice and it's like a muscle you need to work on and stuff like that. So that's kind of good. And we all have camera phones so we can go take photos all we want. And, and I, I think it's a I think it's a good pastime for anybody to have, really. Um, like I said, I did my Facebook live last night. We do it every Sunday. Uh, people tuning in live and people tuning in afterwards. Thanks very much. Um for allowing me to oh we've had the virus uh no we're all right it's, don't mention virus <laughs> uh, that was not supposed to happen but um yeah so we had a you know thank you very much for allowing me to sing some songs and maybe get them wrong sometimes and have a bit of crack but uh, that's enough about me um i'm going to introduce my guest she's a hypnotherapist a sports therapist and a pilates instructor and her name is cecile jaco how are you cecile i'm good how are you I'm grand now that I got your name right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just talking to Cecile before about about the uh, her, the pronunciation of her name. I was a little bit worried about it. Um, thank you very much for coming out on your day off. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. And um, a short history of your upbringing. Okay. Uh, well, I was born in La Réunion, which is a little island off the coast of Africa. Mm. And we spent a few days few years there and then we moved back to france only to move away to tahiti which is in the pacific ocean yeah so that was yeah it's like a postcard really (laughs) that's pretty much it and then uh we moved back to france when i was 13 um and then when i got to university i did a degree in art history and archaeology only to kind of get cut short because um we were having a lot of strikes at oh, that time, right, yeah, okay. French people love to go on strike. <laughs> so that was a bit hard to deal with. And I just kind of decided all of a sudden that I would move to Canada and keep yeah. on doing my degree over there, which I did. Uh, so I studied in uh, Quebec and then Montreal. I graduated with an archaeology degree. And then I decided again, all of a sudden, without any reason, to do a master in primatology, okay. studying primates. And from then, um, I went to Madagascar to do my field work. And when I came back, I decided that wasn't for me. Stopped my master, um, studied to become a personal trainer, mm. did personal training in, uh, in Calgary. Then I got kind of the soft version of getting kicked out of Canada <laughs> because my <laughs> visa ran out. Moved back to France. Was that just kind of lost for a while. Mm. And... Um, I decided to uh, study athletic therapy because a friend of mine in Calgary uh, was doing it in the mm. gym. And there wasn't that many places you could do it. It was Canada again, the States, any kind of English-speaking uh, mm. country, really. And I got into a few schools and I visited Athlone one day. And I don't know, people were just nice and there was something nice about it. Mm, so nice. I just went for it and moved here studying in IT and while I was studying athletic therapy I got to meet a hypnotherapist she came and did like a little speech about it and I was very skeptical and I thought she was a crazy lady and uh, she wasn't (laughs) good (laughs) she is not she's fantastic and it blew my mind in in an hour she had me and I uh, I studied to become one uh, Mm. in parallel to the athletic therapy and 
that's that's and I'm here now here. and yeah I'm here in Atlanta. You were very um busy. Uh, you kept busy all the time, especially as it sounds like after school especially mm. the kind of uh, subjects you you chose and and uh could, so what the what was the name of the island you were born on? Uh it's called La Réunion. And is it that's obviously a French yeah, so now I'm a bit confused about the statues. They keep right, changing okay. and everything. But at the time, I think it was French. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so I was born there, yeah. And Tahiti, like, how long did you live there? I lived there for seven years. Oh, that's pretty... That's quite a journey you've had, like, mm. to, to the different places and things like that. Um, yeah. I was like, I, I was thinking, yeah, I went to school in Dublin. That's about it. That's <laughs> it. That's the rest is that low. Like, I got lucky. It's all yeah. my parents. Yeah, it's well, thanks to them. You know, and uh, so, how long have you been in Athlone then? Athlone, I think it's over four years now. Okay, would that be that be my fifth year. Yeah. Right, and mm. um, would you say that's like home to you now, or? Uh, I think it has. It has become. See, I think because of my upbringing, home is a very relative concept mm. to me uh i can be at home anywhere yeah. i want to be at home in like you know france canada anywhere so yes i feel great here but mm. if you move me to italy tomorrow i probably love italy <laughs> and feel italian so yeah. yeah but right now it's home and my um my fiance is from here and oh he's from Athlone. he's from oh, Athlone. Right, okay. yeah so you know i guess yes it is home but i wouldn't mind moving again at some point yeah, no, that's good it's always good to have a mm. kind of a, a an open mind about those things yeah. like set down just don't set down your roots too quickly but yeah um, so when <laughs> when did you um when did you first become aware of mental health I think for me, uh, I struggled with depression a lot mm. when I was when I came back from Tahiti. It was really hard for me. Uh, for years, I was depressed, and I think you could say I became aware of it then. But it was a gradual process. I, I think it's a very hard thing to say. When do I become aware of mental health? Yeah. I think I was just I was just so lost for years. Um, for me, I didn't become aware of it i don't know it was just the way i was mm. it was uh, it wasn't something to become aware of it was just me and the the struggles i was going through so i guess mm. you could say at that time but really when i when did i start reflecting on it maybe when i started hypnotherapy mm. it was more structured and i had clients telling many little stories and i could kind of uh take a step back and be like oh yeah that's you know that's mental health and yeah. that's what's happening but when it was when it happened to me, it was just my life and I didn't have an awareness really of it, I think. That's I under, I like, that. Yeah, I think that like it's very hard to, mm-hmm. for me anyway, it's very hard to pinpoint when it started. Like when I first, be, I probably had it before I became aware, aware of what mental health was in general, you know, mm. um, because it wasn't in schools at the time and things like that. So I think it's, yeah, I understand what you mean. It's, it's very hard to kind of pinpoint the exact, mm. you know place where where it started so so speaking of hypnotherapy then you're you're um you're the owner of uh orange cloud hypnotherapy yeah yeah and where did orange cloud come from yeah uh so when you when you study hypnotherapy you have techniques mm. to get into that hypnotic state okay okay the, usually they're little stories or you could call that little games almost and one of the first little story uh i kind of learned about was this uh story called orange cloud and when I was looking for a name, it just kind of, I guess it remained with me because it's the first time I realized yeah. that it was working. Yeah. Do you know, after yeah. all that skepticism and, oh my God, how can that work? That worked. So yeah. I guess that's my introduction to 
to do other fitness therapy. Nice. And so how can hypnotherapy help with, I suppose, like I, I watched your video. So you, you said like chronic pain was the, the um, chronic was the word I was using with it, but persistent mm. is, is, is what you um, described it as. So how can hypnotherapy help with uh, persistent pain? Yeah, so first the word, it, it used to be called chronic pain for the longest time, but the, the, the idea with the word chronic is that there is no end yeah, to it. Yeah. So persistent pain, you're kind of lightening mm. the concept itself. So it, it, it's it's starting to change to persistent pain, but it's it chronic pain is still kind of the word it is known mm. as, but they're starting to move away from it. And um, really... I kind of got introduced to it with my sports therapy degree okay. um, because you have acute pain and chronic pain and chronic pain is really hard to treat. Um, when I did my placement, I, I did a placement in Norway um, and uh, with a chiropractor actually, but he okay. was fantastic. Yeah, he was great. And he had a lot of chronic pain patients and he had seen them for years and it's uh, yeah, I guess for, for some people it almost becomes a lifestyle and a definition. And when you have to deal with a definition, it gets really hard to treat mm. uh, because they identify themselves so much with the persistent pain. Um, so he, he was really experiencing issues. And when I came back, we actually got into it a little bit more in school. And what came out was that nowadays, uh, chronic persistent pain is starting to get treated with what is called the biopsychosocial model. Okay. So people realize that, okay, I can dig my fingers into your muscles, I can massage, I can manipulate all you want, but it doesn't seem to have as much result as we want mm. to. But if I start talking about um, maybe your social environment, the pressures you are under, how do you see the world? And if I start switching that around and maybe bringing more of a positive view yeah. on, on the way you see the world, on the way you behave, then, oh, now I'm seeing results. And I was just looking at that and it kind of changed in my head that it was everything I was doing in hypnotherapy mm. it's exactly the same it's switching the way you think about the world the way you feel about the world the way you behave about the world that's hypnotherapy and they were telling me that in physiotherapy you're using the same thing but you are calling it the biopsychosocial model and when you talk about hypnotherapy to a physio they're like haha ridiculous okay. but they are literally doing the same yeah. thing so yeah, so it was fantastic. So the way hypnotherapy works, um, people think pain, when you experience pain, let's say in your hand, people think the pain is actually in your hand. Okay, maybe there is, I don't know, there is something inside your hand that's mm. painful. Uh, it might have been the case at the start, maybe you injured your hand, something happened, uh, you got messages sent to the brain, and the brain is like, okay, hang on, we need to protect the area send back messages that contain pain signals to the hand. So the brain is kind of putting that sensation like a bubble wrap around your hand mm. and that sensation is pain. But after three weeks when the hand is actually healed and it's okay to maybe touch it and move it around without damaging it further, uh, that bubble wrap is no longer needed. Mm. So the brain is going to remove it. In the case of persistent pain, that bubble wrap remains there. And it's hard to pinpoint why it happens for certain person yeah. and why it doesn't happen for other. But it's just, I give you an example. My mom had cancer mm. and she's fine now, but she kind of, everything became so intense for her. And she got over the cancer, did all her treatment, and then she broke her leg. Mm -hmm. And I was 
for her it was just the world had something personal against yeah. her everything everything was directed at her she was unlucky uh she was uh she was doomed to be unhappy all of that so she actually developed persistent pain because it became so much more than the leg right yeah right and that's why it happens for most people so then the hypnotherapy can get into into there and switch that signal around so mm. if the brain is sending pain to the hand hypnotherapy stops the signal okay and it does that by directly targeting the brain and the mind and uh, and the way you think because when you go into trance you you're accessing the subconscious part of the mind the deep part of the mind mm. which is the one sending the signals yeah so you get in there and you are like get away signal there is no more pain your hand is fine everything is fine yeah no need for the bubble wrap again and how so uh, this I, I could be mixing this up in my brain right but mm. uh, it's not the first time that's happened on this podcast <laughs> but so so if you have someone who comes in who who um who says that they are somebody who is someone who has chronic pain because chronic does sound like a word it's a worse word really anyway mm. you know but they they label themselves as a, a mm. chronic pain and i think talk about depression someone there's a difference between someone who labels themselves as a depressed person and someone who labels themselves as a person who goes through periods of depression you know mm. that's like uh you know a way like you said the way of thinking the mindset and things like that mm. so when you're going into that um uh when someone's coming to visit you and they see themselves as a uh, chronic pain sufferer, persistent pain sufferer. Is it the kind of, when you're going into someone's mind, is it kind of bringing something down a different route or is it completely dismantling their way of thinking as in someone who is a chronic pain sufferer, do you know? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, when I get patients or clients, I guess, who suffer mm. from persistent pain, everything they can talk about is pain and how does it feel and oh look i moved i felt pain and i do that i feel pain 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 so they are completely um they are completely involved in their pain they are the pain pain is everywhere they are pain so i think one of the first step and first we have a discussion about how those persistent pain work how does pain work and most of the time they had never heard about that so that's the first thing it's kind of like whoa okay that's how it works first thing <laughs> but you know it's important you need to be aware of how it works because already course, you're yeah. changing the story uh then you i avoid the word pain entirely uh and i tell them to avoid it entirely mm. um and then from there it really depends on people i, I guess with your question I, I i i don't see really the difference yeah they're completely linked uh you go you go in the mind and you are just gonna maybe um tell them to imagine that they can walk and it feels completely comfortable Mm. and uh maybe then you're gonna go further and make them imagine that there is a signal uh, going from their mind to their hand and transform that signal how would you transform it so that it feels more comfortable Uh, yeah they transform that and maybe then you get to you get them to see themselves in 10 years from now and how their life is without that discomfort Mm. and so i guess in that way when you make them see themselves in the future you can kind of show them that they are not their pain Mm. so that's you know that's that part of your question you're not your pain yeah um 
and the rest of it. I, I, I don't know. They're sorting. I don't see the difference between those two questions, really. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. I suppose when I when I think of it, uh, the the I talk about uh, CBT a lot because mm. I because I did it and I thought it was the the best therapy that mm. I got right. So. The idea was to kind of uh, f- for that I was that was explained to me was I was going to go down a different route. I was still going to be aware of obviously mm. aware of everything that I've gone through, and um, the fact that depression and anxiety kind of are always there and they're a possibility at all times. But it was just a different route and a different way of thinking, and that's what I was kind of wondering about hypnotherapy. Mm. Is it just you know you still see that you've had the pain? It's not a it's not an erasure of that. No, but it's it's just leading the the client down a different path oh, okay got you yeah, yeah. no you're, you're still aware of it and yeah. you will feel better after the session but you will still have your persistent yeah. pain yeah, like exactly, persistent yeah. pain built on it's built on years of experiencing it so you are changing the way you look at your pain yeah. okay yeah fair enough you're changing the way you look at pain you are you're changing that idea that pain will be there for the rest of your life there is nothing you can do about it because pain is you and you are pain mm. you are challenging that idea challenging the fact that uh, pain is there forever no you can do something about it you mm. can take control you can stop the signal you created the signal your mind created the signal mm. your mind can stop it Okay, you're experiencing it, but I can give you techniques to manage it. I can, I can, I can give you back that feeling of control. And when you have it, then you can, you can stop that signal, mm. basically. So yeah, you go down a different route, but in par- it's a process. It's a continuum. You, you're going to keep on experiencing your pain. It's yeah. going to decrease, but build there. So you are changing the way you think about your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, but yeah, my yeah. my questions are rarely uh, they they start all right and they fall away but i'm glad we uh, i'm glad we got the uh, the it's yeah i think that's c- kind of um it's uh, people can't go into these uh, sessions thinking it's it's a magic yeah cure for for all like yeah. you know um and how successful like because obviously you've studied it and now you you, mm. you do it how successful is it for for pers- persistent pain uh, it is very successful mm. it's one of the it's more successful than physiotherapy really oh yeah because again physiotherapy you're working on the body so i'm not saying that you know if a physiotherapist is using that biopsychosocial model and the biopsychosocial model is giving little techniques so um every time you want to say the word pain instead you say discomfort mm. every time you think about pain up you grab the thought and you move away from the thought and it's all those little techniques that are working on the mind so unless you're using that um when you do physiotherapy your chances of success are fairly are fairly low yeah. hypnotherapy will work really 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 well especially after the first session you're going to see the difference but it is a process it's going to take months maybe Mm. it took you years to build on that pain it's going to take months maybe years to to first decrease it and ultimately get rid of it but if you think about it your mind created it so if we change the way your mind thinks it's just gonna work yeah. that's the whole that's how it came in that's how it's gonna go out yeah there is nothing else really that you can do you have to target the mind so it is highly successful but what i see really is people expecting the magic trick mm. and after the first session they're like well i still you know it's still it's still there and yeah yeah it is yeah it's one of, it, it must be and we spoke a little before just about it must be so hard for people who who do suffer with these um with these problems uh, on their mental health mm. and uh, have you seen any of that like is that something that obviously they're going to you um, to do with with the pain but have you seen that across kind of your your sessions that people have 
have had some very bad uh, mental health problems as well. Of course, because just imagine you wake up, you're in pain. You you go do something, you cannot do it, you're in pain. Mm. You lose your connection, you cannot go play football, you cannot go out. You, you, you have zero control over your life. So when you have that, when you have that feeling of, of lack of control, then you have depression, depression. Mm. Uh, People are so anxious that they, they find it hard to sleep. You find it hard to sleep well, you get even more depressed, yeah, vicious yeah. cycle. And it it just branches out on so many things. And do you know what? Yeah. And I I experienced really strong vertigo for, for months. Oh. And um, same, I was getting wrapped up in myself. Nothing else existed. I would talk about my vertigo to everyone. And that's what they do, right? They talk about it to everyone mm. because they need to get it out. Uh, there is nothing else. You stop moving around because you're afraid that the vertigo or the pain is going to get triggered. It's just going to, it's just going to, it's like a spider web. Mm. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse you, and, 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 until you get back control over it, which yeah. hypnotherapy helps you do. You get back control. Um, we had a, we had Teresa on mm. um, back. I think it was episode 20. I might be wrong, but um, I actually, I talked to her about the initial um, meeting. So mm. the, the person it's, the person is m- more than likely going to be a bit anxious about it, oh, yeah. right? Because they they don't know if they haven't done hypnotherapy mm. before. It's a strange thing. They also might be a little bit skeptical about mm, it. Completely. Like, what would you? Because um, you just you said kind of in the intro there that you were a bit skeptical mm. about it as well. Like, what would you say to those people who are at home, maybe listen to this, and they are they are going through some um, mm. persistent pain? What would you say? What would I say to them? Yeah. I would say exactly what I just said about mm. how the pain got uh, got got there in the first place so that they understand the importance of the mind the mm. pain is not in the hand the pain is in the mind it is projected it's the construct of the mind mm. so from there i'll ask them how do you think we can target the mind if we are staying away from the mind yeah with hypnotherapy you target the mind and um people who are skeptical i usually use the analogy and i'm sure Teresa probably used it too of when you drive for a long time in a road, uh, especially a motorway, and you kind of get so wrapped up in your thoughts, you don't mm. realize how far you've been, and you kind of just get out of it at some point. I'm, oh my God, it's been five minutes, and I have no awareness of that mm. those five minutes. So that's hypnotherapy. So you get into that state on a daily basis when you're wrapped up in a book, focused on a movie, um, when noises around you don't matter, when people mm. call you but you can't hear them because you're so wrapped up in something, that's hypnotherapy. It's that state where you're hyper-focused on something. So we all, at some point in our life, and probably every day, go into trance. So that's mm. something we are used to. Yeah. So that's the first thing I would say as an example. Then the second example is, I would talk about the power of the world. So Everything we are, like my name, uh, I identify myself as, as a female. I'm sorry, everything I am, I can express it through words. Mm. Everything is words. Like if you remove the words completely from your life, there is nothing left. Yeah. Uh, and when you start with that, it makes sense that words are going to help you mm. overcome anything. Because if you can put a word on it, you can basically experience it so if i if i can switch that word pain to discomfort mm. or to anything else really to a i don't know um a color it's red okay instead of pain the the, the redness so anything else if i change the world i can change the concept behind mm. it i can change i can change my life and I, I give that example at some point in your life somebody said something to you that was probably not very nice mm. oh that was very nice who, who knows and it stayed with you 
and it changed the way you behave, the way you thought about yourself, and it's very subtle. But every time you look in the mirror, if somebody mentions something about the way you look, every time you look at the mirror, you'll be like, oh, that guy did say that my nose was mm. big, or something silly like yeah. that, but it stays there. So it's the words, everything is words. Um, and people understand that. They understand that idea of something saying, somebody saying something, mm. and uh, uh, how it affects their life at some point. So I, w- I would talk about all those things, mm. and then I usually do a few little test to show them how it works and then they're like oh yeah that's working yeah yeah well let's like if people aren't convinced by that they'll never be convinced <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let me let me just get an ad in and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get back to it i never find the cursor and then i fusion training center monksland Athlon, a place to train in brazilian jiu-jitsu kickboxing <laughs> martial arts and crossfit a great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community if you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. I had like a six run ad there where I got everything right and I messed up that one. So I'm back to I'm back to number back to number one again. But uh, so um, explain to me uh, what exactly Pilates is, if you, <laughs> <if> you would. <laughs> yeah. Uh... First, I just have to mention that every time I say the word Pilates, when I talk to an English <laughs> person, they're just looking at me. I think I pronounce it really, really badly. Say it again. <laughs> Pilates. I know what it was. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It just fine. never works. They yeah. always look at me really blank. So um, <laughs> Pilates is a method that uh, that was created uh, a little bit after the war uh, by P- Joseph Pilates. And he... Uh, he, he created that because people were lying on the bed and he wanted to find a way to get them moving and get their muscles activated uh, from their bed, really. Mm. And it is a lot of things and the definition kind of got lost over the years. For me, uh, Pilates is a way to restore what we call neutral posture. Okay. So you would have, and again, that's complicated because neutral posture is the ideal posture. Okay. And when you do physiotherapy or sports therapy like Hadou nowadays the idea is that there is no more ideal mm. posture so they, they kind of contradict each other right in that way but Pilates is looking for ideal posture and in that ideal posture uh, it is supposed to uh, your muscles are supposed to work the most efficiently uh, the most safely um, mm. so that you avoid injuries in the long term and you're supposed to activate all muscles the right way um and you create all the exercises, uh, balance, strengthening a muscle and releasing the other muscle. Mm. So you're working on balance uh, in the body. You're also working on strengthening your core. So core is not just the abs. It will be uh, mm. y- y- your butt, basically. It will be your lower back, but it will also, of course, be your abs. It will be your pelvic, pelvic floor muscles. Mm. So it's strengthening that center part of your body. Uh, with the idea that once this is strong and stable, everything around it, so your arms, your legs, everything else can move appropriately because you are starting from a strong base. Okay. So that, that but I, I find it funny because sports therapists are always recommending Pilates. Every time you are injured, they're like, oh, you should do Pilates. It's going to be great. Yes, it is great. It is a great method of training but really anything that helps you uh, get outside and move Mm. is great and there is no strong link that pillars is gonna fix everything your lower back your disc hernia every it's not true Mm. um 
and I, I always found it funny because people don't understand uh, that there is actually no ideal posture. Mm. So that whole concept is kind of gone out of the window for me. Uh, but Pilates is strengthening your core and most of the exercises are core-based. Um, and I, what I like about it for me, what is great about Pilates is that it brings an awareness back to your muscles. Okay. So most people are going to squat and deadlift and do mm. all the big stuff and that's great. Pilates focuses on the small muscles and that's where it's so powerful mm. Because we, we lose those muscles. If I tell you to think about your piriformis, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. If I tell you to think about your rotator cuff, what, what do you mean? Mm. Lats? Do you know how your lats feel? Most people don't know how lats feel. So it's really bringing back that mind-body connection, yeah. which I find interesting when you work with hypnotherapy. Mm. You are bringing back the mind into the body. Again, chronic pain, I bring mm. back my mind into my body. So yeah, so pilates is a an awareness of your body. And yes, you're going to get toned and yes, you're going to mm. get lean and yes, you're going to be beautiful. But it is um, it is awareness, I think. And when did you get into it? When did I get into it? Uh, quite recently, to be okay. fair. I don't know why. I, got, I think I was just reading. I always trained that way. I started training when I was 20, when I moved to Canada. And for me, it was a huge help in overcoming my depression. My depression mm. lasted for years and it it really helped uh, to some extent, uh, but it really helped. And for me, training, I started really soon uh, to move away from regular training and big lifts and all that fantastic stuff. And I kind of played around with my body. I was looking for little exercises that would mm. make me feel that a bit more, feel that muscle a bit more if I move it that way. Just like kind of make up new movements. So for me, it started like that. And I started reading about Pilates because Pilates is a bit like that. Mm. So I think it kind of my interest got started like that. And then there is so much demand for it too. You have to admit, like there is the business side to it. Yeah. Pilates is hugely popular. If, you, if you're training Pilates, you're kind of sorted in terms of the training world. So there was a business aspect to it. And also how... I liked how framed it was. Mm. There is a method, those are the exercises, and you can move away from it. But there is a strong base, and I just like clarity. Mm. And I like things that are very framed, so it was great. <laughs> and when you like, so you uh, say you were doing the lifting and things like that, you were training differently, mm. um, which helped your um, mental health. Would you say the same about Pilates? Do you think that's very beneficial to your mental health? I think so, because... Yeah. And I noticed it, especially during the lockdown, I would do my pilates every day and I would put my music uh, and it just helped me refocus on mm. the movements. Uh, it helped me sink and you have to breathe through it. There is a breathing pattern. So the breathing itself, like breathing is widely known as a way to, to, to relax mm. and just take a step back. And because you're breathing, inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the mouth on every single of the motion, you're getting that relaxation in and you have to think, okay, I'm lifting my hand. Am I activating my lats? Okay, I am. It's just you're refocusing completely on your body. So everything that is in your mind kind of goes away for mm. a while. Do you think then that just because when you're answering the question, you when you say about uh, hypnotherapy and stuff, mm. you're, you're, you want the mind to focus on mm. something in particular. Do you think that kind of moves into your Pilates as well? Like I'm talking about you rather than just mm. like, yeah, say yeah, if yeah. I was doing it, but I think you're, it probably helps with your Pilates. Would that be right? Ah, uh, does it help me? I don't know if it helps me. 
but I think maybe it's more a way of training that connection between mm. the mind and the body. If you can see the link between the two, I think you can really do great things. And I think it's a good way of training that connection. Mm. I am thinking and my body is following. Yeah. And that's, again, when you're explaining hypnotherapy to people, when I think, great example, uh, they have done studies uh, about athletes and they made them, and maybe you got that on the on the podcast already, mm. and they made them think about, uh, I don't know, doing a kick several times and they just had to visualize it mm. and how does it work, what muscles would be activated. And they found at the end that the muscles actually activated pretty much like 80% of what uh, would have been activated if you had trained that kick mm. physically. All right. So that really shows, and they did other studies like that, bicep curl, yeah. uh, do it in your mind for weeks instead of doing it for real. 80%, I think, of the fibers oh. or the augmentation um, was seen. So I think the PLS and that example yeah. also shows you how thinking about your body makes your body react yeah. to the thinking. So then you go into the hypnotherapy. If you think about... Uh, where the pain is and you change that idea of pain to maybe discomfort or tingling mm. or anything different well really you are actually making your body feel tingling mm. or discomfort or something different there is a link yeah like have you ever actually tried um meditation i have mm. i have it was hard for me mm. it was hard for me uh, but again, good example. I really, really got into it when I experienced my vertigo. Nothing right. else was working. Yeah. I, I, nothing. Uh, and I downloaded, what was the name of that? Everybody has it now, Headspace. Yeah. And I did Headspace for anxiety. And it's the thing that helped me the most mm. because I was controlling my thoughts. Um, well, yeah. not controlling, but I was noticing them. I was noticing my thoughts. I was like, okay, this is me freaking out. I know my body is experiencing that very go i know what it is it is a sword it is negative for me and then they tell you to kind of move away and keep going through your day and mm. do that with every negative thought you have or thought in general and that really really helped yeah i i found uh, we had um we had a we had a couple of people on actually talking about meditation and i think when i talk to other people about it and um, whether it's on the podcast or just you know out in the real world um it, a lot of people seem to struggle with it and it's <laughs> It's that whole thing of, of, I find it so hard to get into my own head. It's mm. very, very difficult for me to just sit there. Mm. And, you know, I, uh, Headspace was, was one thing. I, I have it on my phone, actually. I must try and get back into it. But it's such it's such a difficult kind of, uh, it's such a difficult thing to do for me. Like, And I, I am going to try hypnotherapy. Um, because I, I want to see, now that mm. I've talked to, obviously, two <laughs> people, two hypnotherapists now, about it, I, I find it such a... Uh, fascinating kind of I was a skeptic mm. but I was getting it mixed up uh, Teresa put me uh, set me straight on that where I was kind of talking about hypnosis with that idea of people are on stage mm. you know well there is that too, yeah. yeah whereas she's doing hypnotherapy which is a completely different thing and and it's kind of when it was just a, a little thing that she corrected me on but I was like it made a, a lot of sense you know mm. so I do find meditation quite difficult I I, I ask about Pilates my, my sister-in-law does Pilates and she loves it like um, I did yoga for quite a while. Mm. Um, I don't know what the difference is. Right. Do, yeah. Uh, yoga for me is more, and again, maybe somebody who does yoga would disagree. Mm. 
I have done yoga. For me, it's more about flexibility. Mm. A lot of the yoga classes I took, they were just pushing you in those crazy, mind-blowing, twisted position. <laughs> and uh, well, it's it's not me. There yeah. was one form of yoga I really liked. What was it? They made an awful Netflix documentary oh, about ground. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that because it was more strength-based yeah. um, to, to my uh, knowledge. And the other thing I don't like about yoga is the amount of folding forward they do. So they're always kind of folding forward yeah. in their body. And coming from a physio background, uh, and, and for myself, I always had a bit of a weakness in my lower back. Folding forward really triggers my low back pain. And for a lot of people, I do think it would trigger. I, I think it's a bit iffy on that one. Yeah. It's the amount of fold. And you spend your whole time kind of forward sitting. I think extension would be a bit... Uh, more appropriate for the for the for the normal person going through its life so for me yoga is a yeah it, it's not my thing. yeah I, I i did it like i said did a bit i i do have a little bit of back pain mm. lower back pain mm. just it sparks up sometimes not yeah. there all the time but that leaning forward is quite difficult for me and then i was doing and i was good at doing the you know not the core yeah, stand yeah, up straight yeah, and stuff me too, yeah. <laughs> but then i had kieran mcnally over here mm. and he told me no don't worry about that like you like you said about the posture mm. it's not about that and i was like i don't understand what i have to do anymore you know? i know i think you have people that are very flexible and mm. that need stability yeah yeah in that case i would recommend spilates because we work through stability yeah you have people that are very, very, very stable and maybe they would benefit for more movement mm. and then maybe go towards yoga. I think it it depends what you have. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a... Uh, that's the difficulty, I suppose, in a class, isn't it? Because if, mm. you, if you're being told to, everybody's doing the same thing, I, I was doing it in, in my other room on YouTube and I could skip stuff if it was giving me little problems and stuff, but I probably wasn't doing it correctly either. So, uh, you know, I yeah. don't really know... I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just going to read this out, uh, out <laughs> quickly. So listen, um, this is for uh, the Moat Business College. Uh, the course is Creative Media. So if you're someone who enjoys photography, 3D animation, gaming or graphic design and have a genuine interest in the media industry, why not check out our Creative Media course at MoatBusinessCollege.com today. Place is still available. Hopefully they teach uh, perfect uh, diction over there as well. I could probably... <laughs> I had two ads and two messed up both of them. Um, so you're starting uh, teaching classes over with our friend Elaine over at yeah. uh, Westside Yoga. Yeah. Excited? Uh, yeah. No, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, I was teaching online throughout the lockdown. So I had a few, uh, I had a few uh, group classes mm. and a few, and I still have a few private classes. And, you know, it was nice. And it was actually a good exercise because I love to touch people and kind of, I would touch a muscle and be like, that's where you should feel it. Or yeah. I would rearrange the positions. And of course, you cannot do that online. So it was a really good exercise to actually, again, walk through your words. Mm. How can my words go into your mind to change mm. your body? So that was really interesting uh, from also a hypnotherapy point of view. Just finding the right image mm. that triggers a, a reaction in your body. Yeah. If I tell you, oh, you're on all fours and... You know, you have to round your back. And most people would look at me like they would go the opposite way. They mm. would kind of go into hyperextension. I was like, oh, my God, why? <laughs> because in my head, it's so obvious that yeah, you have to yeah. round the back. But if you tell them, oh, well, there is a big ball uh, underneath you and you kind of have to fit the shape of that ball, mm. then they're like, oh, yeah, OK. Mm. And it was just a really good work on images and how to tell a story through your world that is going to change yeah. your body. Yeah. Again, words and body reaction. Yeah. And you, uh, so obviously, like you say, you much prefer, the, the you'll prefer in-person classes rather than the online. I do. I, I mm. like 
the contact with people. Yeah. I, I, I am a, I, I am a contact kind of person. Yeah. I uh, always, you know, and I know a lot of hypnotherapists, a lot of Pilates teachers, a lot of people are very comfortable online. Mm. Um, I think I'm, to be fair, I think I'm good online. Yeah. I think my words carry the meaning quite well, but personally, I love the contact. And when I am um, hypnotherapy, sports therapy, whatever you want, when I see a person coming into my clinic, I have an idea already of what's going to work and not going to work. Okay. Just the way they move, the way they behave, mm. especially for the hypnotherapy, you were saying skeptical people are mm. very tense. Okay. Uh, right, yeah. they, they ask loads of questions yeah. all the time. And, and you just get a feeling for mm. the person and then you adapt the session. And I think hypnotherapy is kind of one of those jobs where your intuition mm. is going to do more work than you see yeah. than your background and the books you read whatever it's your intuition and it's mm. the way you carry over that's important Pilates maybe a bit less but i still love talking to people uh having that visual mm. having that just that feeling and sometimes people will like me sometimes people won't like me but i also think it's important you get both if they mm. don't like me then at least you know they can choose to leave and yeah. somebody else is going to come and we're going to have an awesome relationship yeah. and do great work together brilliant i i do think the online classes uh which which were great during uh, lockdown in general whatever class you were taking but i would be very much uh, in the kind of camp where in when i'm in person with somebody I will take it all in and I will stay present. Whereas in, online, mm. I will start to drift off a little mm. bit. That's just the way my mind works. It's, you know. And um, so uh, we're, we're recording this on a Monday. So uh, we were supposed to do this on Saturday. Yes. So let me, tell me then, because I, I, I didn't think of it at the time. And then I kind of thought, what? So you <laughs> had to take a match. I, had to, I was covering a game, yeah. And you were, it's physiotherapy-wise, is it? Yes, physiotherapy-wise, yeah. And are you, so that's working independently then, is it? it yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, okay, you have different ways of doing it. You could yeah. be with a team for the year, um, and then, well, you're still working independently, mm. but uh, you kind of have a, a setup team, and then you kind of follow them, which I would like, but with the lockdown, it was all a bit confusing, to be yeah. fair. Uh, so most of us kind of ended up covering games. So you kind of, you, you get contacts, like everywhere you need contacts. And um, they ask you, there is a game, we need you. And so, yeah, I was covering a game in Roscommon. It was um, St. Bridget's Miners against Pierce or something like that. Right. They were, they were, it was for like the Roscommon Championships. Right, it was yeah. a big game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they won, so it was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was doing that. Is it something that you enjoy doing then, the physiotherapy side of things? I do love physiotherapy. Mm. Um, I would be more of a clinic person. Okay. I love the one-on-one. -on -one. I would love to have somebody coming in with a with a challenge, and I would love to write uh, little programs. I, I love mm. that. I love that part where I assess. I'm like, oh, that's what's happening. Mm. Do those exercises. Come back in a week. We do manual work. And then I give you another little program. I love that part. I love yeah. following them. I love coming up with exercises. I think it's the best <laughs> thing. I, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And then on the side, you cover the teams and the games. And that's more first aid. Okay. Now, I was with rugby for three years. And I've seen awful oh. stuff. So, um, I'd imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's exciting. Okay. You have your adrenaline rush when it happens, but at the same time, it's so much yeah. pressure and you're on the line. And if something bad happens, that's you, that's, mm. that's on your back. So it's a lot of pressure. 
it's less nicing. Yeah. yeah. I, is it possible then, uh, this, this is probably a completely mm. ridiculous question, but is it possible then for you uh, in hypnotherapy where you mm. are dealing with someone who has persistent pain and you think that certain something could work physically for them? Yeah. Would it be something that you'd recommend to them? Absolutely. Okay. So, I, in, in, ideally, in the future, I would like to bring everything together. Yeah. Okay. I would like to be able to be, okay, this is what I do. I can work on your mindset. I can work on your body. Mm. And I would like to have clients coming in and I would do maybe h- half an hour of physical therapy, maybe half an hour of hypnotherapy or even bring it together. Mm. I kind of, uh, I was, uh, I had a few clients where I asked them, could, would you be willing to kind of mix everything? And what I did was um, I did my uh, physical therapy, my massages, my manipulations mm. while into the into trance. Okay. And then they would be in that state. And then I would kind of keep talking and be like, you're feeling very comfortable. This is so relaxing. Uh, you can feel my fingers touching your skin, mm. but you're feeling so relaxed. It's okay. Because some people, um, when they're in pain, especially persistent pain, if you touch them, they're going to cramp right away or mm. tense. Um, there is nothing you can do. You touch the tense. You, mm. you release the tense. You release the tense. It's endless. So if I put them which is what I did. I put them in that hypnotic state. I was like, oh, this is so relaxing. Now my fingers are going to touch you, but that's okay because you can imagine my fingers as like a healing cream and every time they Mm. touch you, your muscle is relaxing. And the muscles were relaxing. And because they were relaxing, I could massage, I could manipulate. And they wouldn't tense right away after. So I was getting more out of my session because they were allowing me to touch them mm. just because they were into that trance state. So I do think that if you start mixing things up, you would get so much more out of it. That's a great idea, though. Mm. Because I, I I would be all for that if, if I was going into the summer that, that if I did have pain and it could you could go with my mind, work on my mind and my body at the same time, it's mm. a, it, it'd be perfect. I think, like, do you know what's actually quite strange? And you've probably uh, come across it before, but that that kind of almost memory pain, if you've if you've had a pain somewhere or a scar somewhere yeah. and things like that, and, like, it just reminded me there where you said the tent, mm. people tent up. I have a scar, and, I, like, if anyone goes near it, it's, like, immediately... It's mm. obviously not sore. It was hasn't mm-hmm. been sore for many years. But it's a strange how the body reacts to those kind of things, you know. But it reacts to it because you have the experience of the scar mm. and you re- probably remember what happened. It's probably yeah. still a trauma. So your body is reacting to the thought. It's reacting to the trauma, not to the physical. Yeah. Which is why you would need something more, like would you would need a technique that's more uh, related to the thought yeah. than to the body. So that's when hypnotherapy or any other technique related yeah, to yeah. the sword comes into play you need to get rid of the sword so that you can get touched without reacting to the sword right. yeah it's an interesting one because yeah. it just reminded me there when you, when you when you mentioned it so cecile what do you like to do then in your uh, in your spare time what do i like to do in my spare time i like to read i'm a huge mm. reader um, good yeah reading 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 i always uh, always loved it um now I kind of changed my way of being. I would have been a huge one for going to museums and mm. art galleries and when I used to live in big cities, right? Athlone is limited, mm. let's be honest, in terms of museums and art galleries. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, I miss it, mm. uh, but that's the way it is. So I would garden a lot, mm. love gardening. Uh, I have to walk the dogs all the time. So yeah. They always need to be walked. <laughs> I would uh, I, I practice my pilates. I would go for a run. I... Um, uh, I do ballet dancing now. Really? <laughs> Did you do ballet? 
<laughs> not really like as a kid I, right. i just i love to dance i love music i yeah. love to dance and um again really hard to find anything in athlon mm. and the only thing i could find was a ballet dancing class for adults so hey. I, i gave it a go i'm uh, not very graceful <laughs> <laughs> hey look you gave it a go, yeah, I gave it a go. so what what books do you like to read then what books do i like to read uh i go through phases i uh i have a huge uh veneration can you say that in english adoration yeah. i'm obsessed with the lord of the rings yeah so i would read that pretty much every christmas it's just my tradition That's a big book to <laughs> yeah. be getting through christmas yeah <laughs> every christmas yeah obsessed so yeah and did you like the films as much as the book then or Uh, I like the lot. I, I, I like the movies uh, for the Lord of the Rings. Mm. I saw the Hobbit was the most horrendous thing that could ever <laughs> I be didn't made. Watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien would yeah. be like completely destroyed over <laughs> it. Uh, but I, I did, I did enjoy the movies. Mm. Now, um, but the book, there is nothing mm. that can beat it. It's beautiful. I read the book once. Uh, it's long. It was a, it was a good few years ago. Now I would have been a teenager, I suppose, but. What I find myself reading now, and I, I probably said it here before, but I find myself kind of reading more non-fiction now. Yeah. It's almost mm -hmm. like that my, look, I'm not old, but like it's that <laughs> idea of I've read a lot of fiction. I've enjoyed a lot of fiction. But I find that like reading non-fiction is something that's more important now. Mm. You know, like learning. It's not so much even just learning about things. It's about just being aware of things mm. that are going on. And it's it could be politics. It can be, um, you know, it could be a, it could be about healthcare. It could be about a lot of different things. There's so much non-fiction out there anyway to kind of to read. So I don't do it as a kind of a, a relaxation thing anymore. Do you know what I mean? I used to sit back and like read a read a book and and I'd be chilled and that. Whereas now I'm reading to be informed. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you get what I mean? Are you more a fiction? I uh, yeah. I yeah. Uh, what is the last non-fiction book I read? Oh, that was good actually. That was good. Uh, <laughs> I don't read a lot of non-fiction, okay. but it was this guy and he lives in um India. Okay. And he writes about his life in India, but it was maybe 20, 30 years ago, so it's okay. hugely different now. But at the time, and it's still a bit like that, but at the time it was just all those mysterious things that was, yeah. you know, it's just, he talks about his life, but it's little, uh, little stories. One of the book was about how, um, the history of New Delhi okay. throughout the ages, and he meets loads of crazy characters, yeah, and yeah. he talks about them. And the other one was how to basically find the different sorts of spiritualities you can find right. in india and there is so many so that was good mm. but because it told the story i am i am a story person yeah, hypnotherapy yeah. is story based mm. we do a lot of um sometimes you can go straight in there and be very direct and uh, you know your hand is feeling so comfortable mm. and oh you are such a confident person today you can be very direct and yeah. very kind of basic and simple and sometimes you tell stories right. and once upon a time there was a prince and the story is okay. linked to your to your to your to your, to what you came to see me mm. with and i'm kind of i'm going to tell the story but at the same time i'm going to insert little mm. suggestions yeah. that are linked to your state and you get so absorbed in the story they kind of go under the radar and yeah. then they go deeper so i it, it's storytelling yeah. and um yeah i am a story person and i have i'm working with um with quite a few kids right now oh okay yeah and kids stories are the best mm. because you know Any kind of, if you look at, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast, any kind of uh, animated movies that that's aimed at children, there is mm. a little moral at the end, yeah, right? Course, that yeah, remains yeah. with the kids. And that's a bit of the same idea. So with kids, I just write stories. Mm. And then um, 
I insert things that are linked to what they want to work on. And I'm working a lot with autistic kids right now. Okay. And that works fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Stories, they just get hooked. And yeah, and y you get results. And yeah, sometimes great. it sounds like magic because really I just told you a story. Yeah. So were you ever into writing? Always. Oh, okay, right. Mm. So that, that was when did you write short stories yourself or was it? I, uh, yeah, I wrote Did you write poems. a novel? No, I tried. That's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the most disappointing thing in my life right now. I never managed to write a novel. I wrote one and it's terrible. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> but you, enjoy, you enjoyed the process of writing. I love writing. I okay. love writing stories. Yeah, um, yeah. always did poems, little, little, little yeah, short stories. But yeah, novels. Ah, uh, 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 jeez, I wish at some point. That's There's really a, something I want to Well. Do. I suppose the thing about it, as long as you're not trying to write Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's I, I think that's my issue. I, I'm oh, aiming for that, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, like, uh, so by the sounds of mm. things, when you're telling kids, obviously, stories, they're uh, like, I know every story is fantastic, fantasy in a way, but I'm talking about Lord of the Rings fantasy. Is, mm. that's, is that the kind of thing that you're interested in? Yeah, I, I would like fantasy. Mm. I would like, but not, okay. I classify fantasy and science fiction into two things, okay. which is like the copycats of the Lord of the Rings and all the blends. Mm. You know, so many books got out that follow the other books and there is nothing yeah. to it. It's just like a recipe and they follow it and it's very... Uh. And there is like everything else, which is like the gold little mm. pepit you're going to find one day and it's completely out of this world. And yeah. you, how did they even think about that? And that's why I love it. Just wow. Yeah, I I I've been saying there's a, there's a there's a huge skill in in obviously writing fiction, like a huge skill. And uh, you know, when I talk about kind of nonfiction as a thing that I'm really into at the moment, it's very much more to do with somebody just researching constantly. They do have to add their own kind of a. Um, their own minds and fantasies and skills and all that to the to the story but it is based on something that's happened and it goes through and i just um if, if anybody's listening want to read a good non-fiction it's called killers of the flower moon check it out it's great scorsese's making it as his next film and it's yeah it's it is a great read it's about the native <laughs> americans and things like that but again it's just like um like you're saying about the, the the guy in india it's just learning about different cultures it's very interesting fascinating mm. stuff you hear such horrible horrible histories about th these places as well like about Ireland too it's it's everywhere um, uh, what are your plans for the future then Cecil? I don't know <laughs> that's a heavy <laughs> side it is always um, well uh, yeah so I'm just kind of the clinic is working quite well right mm. now the hypnotherapy clinic so I just want to keep going I just I love learning um I know some people are very specific and we spend years just doing persistent pain and that's fair. Like mm. I understand that, but I love, I love challenges and I love, and I do, okay. I do persistent pain, but I would do weight loss and mm. I would work with kids. And I really think that because I have to research so much and yeah. I have to think about how do I tackle that one problem? What story can I say? What words can I use? Then it makes all, all the other um cat the other um things i work on mm. so much stronger because i spend so much time researching that kind of uh, aspect of something else that i can actually apply it and make it make it better that mm. way so i do think that looking into a lot of things reading about hypnotherapy for pain hypnotherapy yeah. for smoking i do think that has helped me a lot to become a better hypnotherapist yeah. because I can see things from so many different angles. Mm, of course, yeah. So uh, 
yeah so I, I really love what I'm doing right now so I just I would like to work more with kids I find it absolutely fascinating really really love it uh, I am working on uh, opening a hypnobirthing uh, okay. class which again was fantastic so hypnobirthing is basically to help mothers and fathers uh, have the best possible uh, pregnancy and okay. birth experience yeah and uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really good. I, I did a course recently with a lady, uh, Catherine Graves, okay. in England, and she was the most wonderful human being. Brilliant. She's so smart. So yeah, I'm really really into it yeah. right now. So that's uh, that's coming within the coming months. I will open uh, a hypnobirthing class. Mm, brilliant. Now. Yeah. So there is that. And then again, I'm doing the physio on the side. Mm. I would like to bring everything together. Yeah. I would like that, but to do that. Um, I think I would need. I'm in the dancing soul right now. I mm. do, I do. Um, I, I run the room. It's my room and everything. But I would need to have a full kind of clinic, like mm. a, something that's completely for me. Because in yeah. the dancing soul, you have different therapies, and it's great, and you get to meet people. But I would need a place where I could do my PRS classes. Mm. And then I will have uh, my, my little clinic for the physio and then also a little space to do the yeah, therapy. Yeah, brilliant. Put, yeah, put everything together. But where, when, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Um, have you got a date for the wedding? Yeah. Oh, uh, you do? Okay. Yeah, we do. Well, it was supposed to be in November. But ah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And because it's in France. Right. Makes it complicated. Mm. So we moved it to February. Okay. So we... <sighs> We don't know. It still might be complicated. We don't know. It's up in the air at the moment, mm. but it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it'll be a great day, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, where can people find you, actually? Where can people find me? Uh, so I'm in the Dancing Soul, yep. which is uh, exit 13 of the motorway. Good. Uh, there you go. I always say that. <laughs> uh, it's above the primary care center in mm -hmm. Monksland. Uh, so that's where I do the hypnotherapy and the sports therapy, too, the... Uh, I have my own room over there. Mm. Uh, I do the Pilates in Westside Yoga. Yep. Or online. If you're interested, I can do private lessons online. Okay, or cool. even in your house. I yeah. have people that go to their house and we have a cup of tea and we do Pilates oh, and great. it's all fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a website which is called Orange Cloud Hypnotherapy. Okay. Um, just uh, yeah, like the name of the of the business. Yep. So I'm on Facebook. I am not on Instagram because I suck at Instagram. And yeah, I do too. Yeah. Well, I try. I try. Mm. Um, I would put all that info up yeah. on Wednesday, anyways, because you know, just it's easier. Um, uh, it's been brilliant having a chat with you, Cecile. Same here. Thank I you. appreciate <laughs> you coming out on your day off with your dog. <laughs> My um, dog uh, outside. I'm gonna race through this just to get. Uh, Get to the end. So we'll we'll say thanks a million to John, to his family and Megan. Uh, thanks to Jer, my mom, my dad, and my grandfather. Listen, we we're, uh, or sorry, YouTube, our YouTube channel, um, the Weekly Weekly. If you go to that and click subscribe, I think we're on ninety eight um subscribers. So if we only need obviously two more to get to hundred, that'd be good. It does make a difference actually. If people don't know, it does make a difference on YouTube because it will start. We'll start going into other people's feeds and things like that. So, um, it'll be worth it for us if people get involved with the podcast and um, get more guests or whatever. Because we've got plans that we haven't revealed yet for the podcast, but hopefully they'll come true. Um, we're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, you'll find them all the weekly, weekly, um, in some variation of the spelling, not the spelling, but the wording, I should say. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Uh, Google Podcasts, a couple of others that I never write down, so I don't remember. Um, 
yeah thanks again Cecile um, have a lovely Monday because uh, <laughs> I like the positivity and uh, thanks to everyone for listening as always uh, and I will see you Sunday um, and talk to you next Wednesday take care bye bye